here on the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. That's Kyle Porter. I'm Chip Patterson. We're here Tuesday afternoon. Um, the the final first, maybe. No 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 promises. But uh, but we've we've got basically the 2018 season in the books. Uh, Kyle, we we've had uh, over the last couple of weeks. We've started to wind things down, but you know this this kind of feels like a. This this kind of feels like the end of the year, where where college football is going to drag us right through New Year's, you know the the PGA Tour and, and the golf season. It it does a good job of of sending you home around exam time, right? Yeah, it, it's weird because it's like you finally get to catch your breath in December, and then you you always feel like you have one eye on the season starting again, right? And I think I think like the the uh, here, here's what I think of when I think about that. The Tournament of Champions is the first tournament of 2019. Well, the first day of the Tournament of Champions. So the PGA Tour lists uh, its events by like day, like uh, they go Monday through Sunday in terms of dates. The first date uh, of the Tournament of Champions is December 31st, and it's like that's such a that's such a great. Um, like uh like a representation or yes representation of what i'm talking about of like it's always just like lingering there right around the corner you don't you don't really feel like like it's great that there's a month off or six weeks off or whatever but it it still feels like okay well we got this eight month grind you know right right around the corner just just lingering uh starting with the tournament of champions what's the a lot of a lot of sort of end of the year stuff it's always end of the year season one of the things that we're going to be doing uh here in just a little bit we're going to be ranking our 2018 events yes just like the 50 best albums of 2018 and the 50 best movies and books and what have you we are going to be taking a look at uh, the events that really made us move uh but first i want to get into some of your your buy and sell yeah, you, you went through a lot of the, the top golfers uh, on CBSSports.com, a feature that they can go and read. Uh, and I, I, I want to I wanna start with the biggest surprise that I had as a reader looking at it. Is that cool? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. You have, you have espoused Cameron Champ takes on here that made you decide that you were selling Cameron Champ stock absolutely shocking. I know, I know. Well, here's the, so there are a couple of reasons for this. We had kind of talked about this a little bit in our our little group chat that we have, but he only won once in college, which it's not like the end of the world. But you're still kind of like, okay, like you only like you have this prodigious length, like you play in the U.S. Open as an amateur, and you only won one time. And like he was, you know, he wasn't there forever. He wasn't at A and M forever, but still, it just. And I know he was kind of a late bloomer or whatever, but winning is a is a skill. It's an art. I mean, it's it's a it's a big deal, and he hasn't done it a ton. Now, the flip side of that is he won in like his fourth start on the PGA Tour. Uh-huh. So there's that. Uh, but also, like I was looking at his stats uh, for this fall, and obviously the driving is is unbelievable. He's gonna he's gonna be a top three uh guy in terms of strokes gained off the tee but everything else is kind of like shouldn't you be a little higher up on strokes gained on approach shots and strokes gained around the green if the group of i mean you you look at the guys who haven't played a fall event it's not or the guys that haven't played enough to qualify for stats in the fall i I just i don't know I, i i think everybody's way too in 
uh, at this point, and I kind of want to. I kind of want to fade it. I kind of want to go the other way. Okay, that's fair because he has become very hot, and I. I the only uh, counter that I would offer to the he's only he only won once in college is that if you are going to put him in the light of a similar path that I've seen a lot of basketball players have, where in college or coming out of college that maybe there are whispers or even outright analysis that questions their their motor or their drive, and then they'll get to the NBA, and all of a sudden there's a motor and a drive. And the explanation is, well, yeah, now it's a job. And yeah. I I think that that could be a, a potential potential explainer here, but I don't know enough about Cameron Champ's story. It mostly, it mostly just threw me uh, that after everything that I'd heard from you on Cameron Champ, but I guess... He has become too trendy. You've, you've, you're so, you're so hipster with this that the, he just went mainstream with his third album, and you're still listening to the demo tape that he gave you out of the back of his trunk. Well, I, I see. So I had, I had IPO shares, and then I, I started. I've just pumped up the value of it, and then I just, I just sold and headed out the back door. Okay. And so I've, I'm keeping the cash, and somebody else has the stock. Bryce, I apologize if I've given I probably have given this this over under on this podcast before. Um, sometimes I write these down on a little notepad on my computer. Sometimes I don't. Bryce and DeChambeau, your your verdict is that you're gonna buy. Yeah. Do you think he can win over under wins in the twenty nineteen calendar year two and a half? Hmm. Two and a half is like the like. Would, would, is there anybody on the tour that you would set at three and a half? Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas. Yeah, yeah, probably JT. Yeah, that's probably fair. Uh, I will say, I'll say under. I'll say he wins twice. Right. But you're buying. You're you're, you're feeling like what we saw basically from the memorial on, because that was one of the fun things of of looking at. Uh, for our ranking of the events was just sort of going back through the list of events and remembering the way the season unfolded. And for Bryson, as I recall, is that we're basically still in the big picture of his career, probably still in the first early peak. I don't think well, that we're going to, I don't think we're going to back up anytime soon. No drop. Yeah, off. Here's the thing. Like a lot of this, I base on all these, all these posts like this are the same thing. It's, it's based on, like you could do overrated, underrated, you could do buy, sell, you could do what, whatever you want, but all of it is based on how you're viewed by the public. And I, and I feel like with Bryson, it's like, I, I look around and I'm like, are we, are we making a big enough deal that this guy's number six in the world and his statistical profile matches up with what a number six player in the world should look like? Right. And, and I don't, I don't feel like enough is being made of that. And so all these other guys are getting talked about and people are kind of like, Oh, ha ha. He talks about physics. And it's like, well, crap, look at it. Look at it. Like the back half of his year and look at, and look at his numbers. I mean, he's top 10 and, uh, from T to green, he he's, he's a, just an unbelievable ball striker. And he's not, uh, like if you win one time, like, uh, Aaron wise one, one time, one last year, like that, that can, that's fine. That's good. Good for you. Great. You want a PGA Tour event, but if you if you win like two, three, four times, that suddenly is it's it's no longer uh, it can't be explained away as like oh well he you know he had a good week like you're you're an elite player if you're doing that and I feel like Bryson is not being treated as an elite player right now. Two things. Number one, Brandon Wise is coming for your head with that Aaron Wise slander out here. <laughs> um, he is he is one of our editors at CBS Sports. Number two that uh, that I would point out. Is that with, with with Bryson, 
A, as you mentioned, he's maybe doing himself no favors. Um, but I, I think that we also are just so the ecosystem is so consumed with the other stars. He is becoming a victim of what we have celebrated often, especially here over the last several weeks of just a great time in golf where like he, he is not, um, he, he, his stock is not probably where it should be. And you probably are going to get value from buying that stock, but it's because there's still just some, some, some heavy hitters up top that are attracting all the attention. I feel the same way about John Rahm in a lot of ways. Mm. I look around and I'm like, are we talking about this guy enough? Cause he's unbelievable. Right. I think the thing that Bryson has going against him actually is his age. He's a little bit older than I would like in terms of, of, uh, of buying stock. But at the same time, in terms of PGA tour events played, he's pretty young. I mean, he was, what was he? I think youngest to four wins or five wins in, in recent history other than Rory, like, like earlier than Spieth. I can't remember the number. It was either four or five. I think he was, he got his first four in this, in like 66 events or something like that. Rory was in like 51. Spieth was in 70. I mean, he, he is, he's within this range of guys that we talk about as all timers. And yet with him, it's like, Oh, he hurt his hand ringing the bell at the golden Knights game. And you're like, Oh, okay. Like I, I just, I don't feel like we talk about the golf as much. Um, fair, very fair. All right. What about the, I felt like in the time, obviously because it's the podcast bump in the time since Tommy Fleetwood was interviewed by you in an interview in an interview that appeared here on the first cut podcast with Kyle Porter, his star has absolutely taken off. And then there was, you know, sort of the initial gravitation of everyone to him. There was the hype before the open, what ended up being a little bit of um, an underwhelming performance from Fleetwood, but yet he has remained one of the steadiest ball strikers and one of the best players in the world. When you are buying his stock, where do you think – do you think that it's because everyone else is off on him? Does he fall into that John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau uh, category, or why do you think that he is not being valued correctly? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that he's not being valued correctly. I just uh, – I think that he – I think he's somebody who – I don't know. I just look at the last few U.S. Opens, and it's like, man, those were performances. And I love performances at these huge events. And I think he was top, uh, what was it? I think top 30 in, in three majors this year. Uh, or excuse me, top 20 and top 35 in all four. I value that consistency. I, I would like him to, to win a little bit more. I know he won a lot in 2017. Didn't win as much in 2018. So I think that is, I don't know. I, I don't want to put too much on it. Uh, even though I just got done like denigrating Cameron champ for not winning enough in college. But, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love the performances at, at big time events. Yeah. I mean, doesn't he get some kind of category of a win or at least one of the leaders of the win for Ryder cup when him and Francesca yeah. just eviscerated everybody? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, isn't it just like really easy to see him ripping off like, I don't know, two opens, like either open championship or US Open in the next four years or something like that. He will get he you know what do you know what Tommy Fleetwood could have at some point in the next like five years is a a Rory type run. Mm. The run that the run that we saw from Rory around twenty fourteen, we could see a similar run from Tommy Fleetwood, 
It could happen in 2019. It could happen in 2020. I think that at some point in the next four or five years, we could see one of those runs where he just he ascends to another level above everyone else. Yeah. I mean, and, and it's, you know, part of this is just, Chip, like, he's just fun. Like, yeah, I just, I yeah. want to own stock in people I wanna, that are, I that are fun. Um, uh, you're selling Tiger. Fine. Do you have a, do you have a good, let's see. Why are you selling Tiger Woodstock? Are we still taping? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Why did you think we stopped? <laughs> the way you said that was, it sounded like we were off the air. Ah, oh, no, uh, it's just, it's, it's just the last podcast before you go on vacation. We're just a relaxed <laughs> tone here. We've already got our sunglasses on. I, I'm selling Tiger Woodstock because, again, this is market. This is based on like market valuation. Like he wins a tour championship, and people are like, "Oh, he's gonna win so much in 2019." And it's like, well, maybe, but he's gonna play less. He's gonna play harder tournaments, and uh, I, I, I don't know. Like I just, I don't know how much or for how long I can trust him. From an injury standpoint, from a you know performance uh, cons- standpoint, no doubt, cons- absolutely. Cons- consistency standpoint, I just I, I don't know. I st- I still have questions there. So I would say that at two different times in Tiger Woods's career so far, I feel like I've seen sharp or I've seen I've seen sharp declines in Tiger's play. Is that fair? Like it's it's been a little bit of a decline. Then there was uh, resurgence. And let's see, then a little bit of a decline again. Well, he's had, he's had these weird, so even going back to, so he wins the 97 Masters, he cha- he he rebuilds his swing for 2000, and then he just lights the world on fire for like four years. And then he rebuilds it again, I think, with Hank Haney in like, oh, four or five, lights it up for three or four years. Then he gets hurt, and then it was kind of, it was kind of bumpy there for like five or six years. But we had, um, but he was still what the number one player in the world, not even what three or four years ago. Yeah, in uh, in thirteen, well, five years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So I I don't know. Like the the other part of this is he's he's forty he's going to be forty three when the season starts. It sounds like he's maybe going to play Hawaii. I don't know. I've I've, I've if you read between the lines, it kind of looks that way that he's going to play the tournament of champions, but. I don't know, man, 43 years old. It's just not, I know he's tiger. I know he's fit, you know, whatever, but I just don't know how sustainable that is for long periods of time. You have, uh, you've broached this take several times on the podcast, especially in recent weeks. So it was no surprise to see you selected as the lead, but, uh, just it for the, I don't want to spoil the entire post. I hope that people go read it, but there should not be any question about where you stand on the Jordan Spieth stock right now. You have said multiple times that if it's anything that comes across your desk, you're buying it. Yeah. I, I think to highlight the point, like he finished top 20 in on the PJ or top 25 or something. I think he was 21st on the PJ tour and strokes gain T to green. So it's not like, I mean, we're still talking about one of the, even in like a bad year, I think everybody would say for, you know, categorically for Jordan Speed, 2018 was a bad year. He was still a top 20 ball striker in the world. And it was, you know, we've, we've talked about it. He played in the final group at the Open, almost won the Masters. It, it was it was putting. He did not putt well. And if that's, what's, if, that's what's, if that's what your issue is, if that's what's holding you back, then 
I want to buy that stock because putting comes and goes. We've seen it time and time and time again. You, you, you get hot for a week. It, it's just, it, it fluctuates so much more than ball striking. And so I'm buying guys who maybe they had a down year in 18 because uh, of putting. And, and, and I think that that, as long as you're still ball striking it, like he is, and I think will continue to, I think the bounce back is inevitable. Are you looking to find uh, the perfect ball striking for you? Are you looking to hone that swing? Do you need some professional help in doing so? Well, guess what? Uh, your favorite place to go hit balls, your favorite place to go get cuts in, Top Golf also offers lessons. That's right. You've heard us talk about it before. You're going to hear us talk about it again. Top Golf Coach is the way to go. And you can book a lesson today with one of Top Golf's certified instructors by going to topgolf.com slash lessons. Once again, that is topgolf.com slash lessons. We love uh, everything that Top Golf has to offer, all of the amenities. Well, guess what? Uh, that certified instructor, uh, he wants you to not only swing, but he wants you to sip and he wants you to have fun and he wants you to know uh, that you are going to be able to walk away from that not only with an excellent experience at Top Golf, but with a few pointers that you can take with you moving forward as you try to improve your golf game. So, Book a lesson with one of those Top Golf certified instructors at topgolf.com/lessons. Once again, that is topgolf.com/lessons. And I've been looking forward to this. The debut of Kyle's top events of 2018. I have my own list as well. I went 10 deep. I went through the whole schedule. I made I wrote down the ones that stood out and then then I sorted them out. I ranked the five, and then I'll have the ones that just missed the cut. Yeah, I, I went uh, I went nine deep. So, I, do you want to go with our just missed the cut first, and then get to the uh, count it down backwards from five to one? Yes, I do like that a lot. Okay, so you get. Why don't you give me your five that didn't make the cut? My just missed the cut. One of my favorite events of the year is the WGC Mexico. Mm. Phil winning and calling his shot before. You know, when he told uh, Golf Channel, he said, you know, I've been playing good and, and, and I'm going to start when, 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 it, when it all comes together, I'm going to win and then I'm going to win a lot. And he did not win a lot. So the prophecy was half correct, but uh, it all came together in Mexico for Phil. And before the match, that was maybe his, be- his best highlight of the year. And after that, the, the wheels kind of fell off. It felt like watching Phil Mickelson after he won in Mexico. And he was playing really well leading up to Mexico. But after that, I feel like I spent most of the rest of the calendar year where watching Phil Mickelson was more of like an entertainment spectator event rather yeah. than uh, taking him seriously for the Hall of Famer that he is and for uh, you know the great you know, top of the world competitor that he has been at times in his career. So WGC Mexico was definitely one of my first ones. Um, let's see. I've my next one was the U S open U S open. Didn't make my top five. Yeah, me either. Uh, I've got, so mine that missed the cut were, uh, Mexico JT holding out to get into the playoff on mm. 18. I mean that like, there was a there was like a four week stretch there where you went um, you went that you went Honda with JT and Luke List you had the Valspar you had the Arnold Palmer you had uh, Bubba winning Riviera I mean there was like five or six weeks in a row I remember writing this column leading up to the Masters I was like this is this is insanity what we're watching and people at that time of the year people are kind of paying attention but they're kind of like into March Madness right. And, 
the NBA is heating up and people start paying attention like two weeks before the Masters or a week before the Masters. But I'm looking around and I'm like, holy crap, what, what is this? Yeah. What's going on? Um, I hope yeah, we I, get that again. I think we could. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I've got Mexico. I've got U.S. Open. I've got, uh, I, well, I mentioned the other two, uh, Valspar and, and Honda, both on there. Valspar because of the Tiger thing. Uh, he was he was in it, and Paul Casey winning was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed that. And then Hondo because he was like wild at the end with JT throwing that guy out, and uh, he almost holed out in the playoff against Luke List. Uh, that that was a really kind of underrated fun tournament. Uh the the last ones in the just missed the cut bucket, the Memorial, Bryson with the win. Uh, mm. pretty epic press conference afterwards. Him and Jack. Yes. After that, uh, WGC Bridgestone, JT burning it down. That was a yeah. that was a fun JT win. We are a little bit of JT fanboys. I would I would admit to that, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, it, it, yeah. There's like four guys that I'm excited when they're when they're in contention, and he's definitely in the mix. Yeah, no, I was just I I, in, I enjoy watching JT win because when JT wins, it is awesome. He is yeah. just. He's on fire. So Bridgestone was one of mine and just missed the cut, honestly, uh, because it's, I don't know. I I got the masters on the outs. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Man. Not one of my top fives. That is tough. Yeah. Why? Like what's the, what's your, what's your reasoning? Because it didn't, what, because the, I always feel like I have to, I had to like go back to that one to pull things out, mostly as it pertained to Fowler and Spieth. Patrick Reed came back with a with a good run at the U.S. Open, but then after that, I didn't just didn't feel like Reed was in the mix much, and it felt like whatever breakthrough we thought we had saw, whatever elevation could have come from that win, just didn't. It just th- that event as I'm ranking these events didn't resonate with me. It didn't resonate with me uh, as much as the the U.S. Open. It didn't resonate with me as much as Memorial or Mexico. It's just uh, I don't feel I feel like I go back to it and it was an event that was maybe three years ago. And maybe this is my own bias just based on the the mindset that I brought into the activity. I will admit that. But when I've got these other events that happened even before the Masters, where there the image is is burned into my brain heavier, then I I don't know. We're splitting hairs, but I got the Masters outside the top five. Yeah, I went. I actually went back and read what something I wrote. <laughs> I'm sure people love that. I'm reading my own writing, but something I wrote before the like on Saturday night, and just just the idea of like a read Rory Redux and everything that transpired on Sunday with Spieth almost shooting 62 and Fowler. I, I, I it's in my top five for sure. It, it was, it was awesome. And, okay. and, you know, I think that, I think it's hard because we, we don't remember Reed as like an elite winner. Like he's not, I don't think an elite player. And so it, he sort of feels like, Oh, should he have won this tournament? But I still think it was a great tournament. Fair. I will also allege that it might have been our different vantage points. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. All right. I, I, number five. Number five. All right. Number five. Uh, you go first. 
Tour championship. Tour championship. Promise you. Same. Same. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, you know, I, I probably would have had this higher just because it was it felt so historic. It felt like I remember it ending and I was taping uh I was doing HQ in my shed out here in my backyard. And it felt like I was doing like a national news hit. You were? <laughs> I know I know I wasn't. No, uh, you or, it, you really were. But it, it felt like it was like we were like stepping in on like like CBS on like actual television. It was it was so crazy what was happening. And I think the only thing that knocks it down to five for me is just the, just the fatigue by the end of the regular or by the end of the the playoffs, by the end of the season, you're just like, oh my gosh, like let's get to the Ryder Cup. But it was such a it was such a cool moment, such a cool event, such a such an awesome Sunday afternoon. Right the 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 moment that was created with the win. I mean. Is I, I like to sometimes talk about this. You know, it, it is the, you know, the the CBS this morning or the CBS Sunday morning conversation. You've you've broken out of the sports world. You have entered the general news world with this yeah. story, and yeah. uh, that that was a hundred percent one of it. So you mentioned uh, fatigue. I don't think mine was as much season fatigue as Tiger fatigue. Only in that mm. the. And I'll, I'll explain this more as we continue to count down. But um, the by the time that happened, I was just like, finally, he did it. Yeah, we, we did it. He won. I said <laughs> we did it. I said he was going to win. I mean, not we did it, but it's just like as a storyline, right? Yeah, he's just. No, I, I agree. I'm I agree. I'm tired of asking on radio hits when people are talking to me. Will Tiger win again? Let's just mm-hmm. let's let's get this done. Let's move on. Uh, I've got the tour championship also. At number five, can I go with my next one yeah, then? Go for all right, because I think that you're gonna, you're definitely gonna have this one too. My four is the players. Wow, no, I didn't, I didn't have that. Really? Yeah, it was, it wasn't good. It was boring. I mean, it was like, look, hey, I'm, I'm here for Webb Simpson wins. I think he's, I think he's great. I think he's underrated. I think he had just a, a kind of an underrated great year. But the tournament itself, it was over by Friday. It was like Martin Keimer's U.S. Open at, at Pinehurst. All right, that's fair. I, I, I'm i going to stick with it. He blacked out, and I like watching it. <laughs> I, I mean, if 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 I'm going to like it when golfers just, like, black out and just, yeah. you know, do do insane, and that's also a part of, you know, the the ebbs and flows of some of these other, other tournaments that I've got up here. But, um, yeah, I, I just – I, th- I think that that one, that one was one probably also because of some of the strong play that followed and has surrounded him, uh, including that win. But yeah, I'm at the players at number four. Do you know who finished second in that event? Do you remember? I don't. I mean, not off the top of my head. It, it, was, a, it was a tie. I think Xander was second. But, it, but there was somebody else up there with him. I, I don't remember either. Uh, I have got... Uh, I presume you have this on your list as well. I would hope. Uh, I've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational at, at number four. Mm. Uh, Rory yeah. uh, taking on Bryson. Tiger was involved uh, for a little bit. He hit a ball out of bounds on 16. Uh, Fowler was up there. Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson. It, that was in the middle of that run where you're like, are we ever going to see a no-name win an event again? <laughs> right. And that was that was a tournament where uh, where Bryson was talking about air density on eighteen, and it's like, bro, playing at Rory, there's there it's there's no air density. It doesn't matter. It's over. 
it's that's you're that's you're you've you've really exposed uh the fact that you're not about to win this <laughs> if there was any doubt this this was it but Rory shot, I think he shot 64 on Sunday, and uh, it was a show. I mean, he, when he wins, it usually is, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty fun. It was, it was, a, it was a blast. He hit, he makes the putt on 18. He said he thought about uh, throwing his hat like Tiger used to. It was just, it was a really fun event with some really interesting personalities and names at the top. My number three is the Valspar Championship. Wow. It you was it, you, it was the first moment. That was when we went crazy. That do was you not, Do you not have the Arnold Palmer anywhere? I it was that was an oversight. I'll admit it. I'll, <laughs> I'll I will totally admit that was an oversight. What all right, Arnold Palmer Invitational, March 15th through 18th. Sorry, bro. You didn't have me there. <laughs> that's definitely the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, that's an I will I will admit that is 100% a work-related, but definitely a biased oversight. I always measure it by. I think the Valspar is the selection Sunday, and then our, yeah, I, you can you can go like by the calendar. But no, Valspar was awesome. It was great. I just there wasn't the like Tiger wasn't good on Sunday until the sixteenth or seventeenth hole, and so that for me was like it just it, I don't know. There was never any like real charge like there was at like the PGA. But he played real well on Saturday. And yes. that was when yeah. people really started to get fired up. And yep. I like, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, like <laughs> just Valspar, of course, which is paint, but I, I it was uh, ESPN's Bomani Jones said, first of all, it's the first time I think a lot of us have ever watched the Valspar championship. <laughs> <laughs> and he kept saying Valspar. Like it's, it was, it was an otherwise, because it was an otherwise, uh, not anonymous, but to the audience that was tuning in, it really, to most of the audience that I think was tuning in, it was the first time they had watched the Valspar championship and everybody was here for it. And I thought that that, that was really, really cool. So I have it as my number three. The the other thing about the Valspar, I think both Rory and Spieth missed the cut there. Like you, it was kind of being hyped as this, uh, and 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 I, I think oh, and it had people rooting against Paul Casey, who's the nicest person in the world, and that was yeah. hilarious. He, yeah, I think the Valspar is very much like kind of the springtime travelers, where you get all these like great names. It's a great event, but then like all these guys that had committed to it that were that were you know maybe hadn't played it before or whatever, they missed the cut. Uh, but, and, but thankfully they got tiger on the weekend, so none of it mattered anyway. But yeah, that, I mean, that was certainly in my top 10. Okay. Go ahead. What's your three? Uh, my number three is, is the masters is Augusta. Uh, it's so it's, it all, it has to be so bad, uh, for it to fall out of my top three in any given year. And, you know, I, I think it's, I thought it was, I, I think I wrote this, but I thought it was fitting that in a year where we had, the lead up that we did with all these just huge names and, and big stars that uh, Reed like just slid in through the side door and <laughs> right. stole the stole the green jacket. Like it, it was just it was apropos. And I didn't think that at the time, maybe. But looking back on it, it was it was kind of perfect. And uh, I don't know. It, it was it was certainly a Saturday was memorable. I remember Reed and Rory playing together, following them around. It was 
it was kind of crazy. Reed made, I think, two eagles on Saturday. I think he eagled 13 and 15. Uh, and then Sunday was a little anticlimactic, but you had speed chasing 62, and you're kind of running around the course. And so. Ricky was going low. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty great. <laughs> I mean, the worst part of it was the 18th hole, like when Reed finished up, and it was just kind of a muted applause. It wasn't that was awkward and weird, but the rest of it was was awesome. Um, it, you said leading up to the Masters, often this should be worth two green jackets, and Patrick Reed is petty enough that he's going to show up at Kyle's house asking for that second damn green jacket. <laughs> Yeah, I understand, but I was told that you get two green jackets for the winner in 2018. <laughs> um, okay, so we I, we're down, we're both down to the same two. Wait, what? Oh, you had Valspar at three. By the way, the runners up at the uh, oh my gosh, the runners up at the players: Xander, Charles Schwartzel, Jimmy Walker. Mm. Mm. Are you are you kidding me? Majestic tournament. That's insane. That was your number. What'd you have it at? Number four. four? Uh, my number two is the PGA. Ooh, I'm at the open. Yeah. So then and I'm had, PG, and then I'm PGA number one. Yeah, yeah. I had the open number one. The open was insane. The open like, was I, insane. A hundred percent. I get it that like people look at the winner and you're like, eh, you know, he won by two or three or whatever. Francesco, eh, I'm good. But like that final day, I, I don't get uh, like whenever I used to write about or cover events or I was at events, I would get very like nervous for some reason. I don't I don't know why. Uh, it doesn't really happen as much anymore, but I was legit like freaking out on that Sunday. I. The two of them playing, Tiger and Francesco playing together was incredible. Yeah. And you had, I mean, you just had so much going on. You had Fleetwood surrounded by Americans. You had, uh, you had Spieth in the final pairing with Xander. You had, uh, you had Rory leading the event with three holes left. I mean, the whole thing was just, was ludicrous. I mean, it was, it was so crazy. And I think that we are so influenced by, uh, just the, the winner and the final outcome and the last hole and whatever. And I get that, like, that's important. That matters. Cause that's what you remember. But, uh, I just, that the three or four hour stretch there will, I'll never forget that. The, I, I gave it bonus points in my rankings for the winner. It's my ranking. I can give bonus points if I loved watching Francesco Molinari win. Yeah. Like it's my, ranking. <laughs> it's my ranking. This is this this is one hundred percent based on my opinion. I overrated a Webb Simpson win, and I'll stand by it. <laughs> um, I went P, I went PGA number one. Tiger played a huge part in both my the Open and PGA. I I in a similar way to the the way the theater of Sunday was playing out. It was really cool to watch because Tiger was what two groups ahead of Brooks. Tiger was yeah two groups ahead two groups ahead yeah and then like Brooks Brooks brought his game and it felt like Tiger won even though Brooks won and then it also finished this weird year where Kepka's now won three majors in a two year run but yet we're all talking about Tiger and I just I don't know that that just fed right into the Tour Championship win and everything else I th- I think that those two hands down existed on another plane for me. I'm not surprised we had them both in our top two. 
I, I I went lean PGA, but I will listen to the open because that was awesome too. Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like I have no issues if if people are putting PGA number one. Um, just being there, it was it was the craziest I think non rider Cup I've ever been to from a fan standpoint, from a just a general fervor standpoint. It was it was nuts. I mean, it was so wild and uh, the Tiger thing. I think the thing that maybe knocks it down a peg for me is I just didn't. It's it's weird when the story is not the the winner, and I know that's sort of also true of the Open, but it just felt like I almost like forget that Kepka won the PGA. Like when I think about the PGA, I think Tiger won it, <laughs> and I know that's unfair and stupid and whatever. But well, that's, that's just... because there was a college football stadium scream on I think the third or second hole when Tiger stuffed his tee shot on that par three. Yeah, yeah, the ninety. 90- eight yard par three by the way here's the here's the um the top 10 at the at the open so francesco and then t2 were kisner rory rose Xander, then kevin chapel eddie pepperell uh tiger tony fino matt kutcher jordan spieth oh okay the open's my new number one because i forgot that eddie pepperell was really hung over <laughs> and went out there and went low and ended up backdooring himself and in, up into the top five top ten and then talked about it on and- Yes. Worldwide television. Well, I mean, that's that's the European tour for you. They just keep yeah. it real. Eddie Eddie's the yeah, he might be the poster boy. No, they both of those events were were all time well not I don't know if they were all time, but for, for two thousand eighteen they were they were tremendous. And uh I hope we get a couple more majors like that in, in twenty nineteen. Great. <laughs> By the way, the the major uh, venue list for twenty nineteen, elite. Ooh. Awesome. Beth- you go Augusta, you go Augusta, then you go Beth Page, then you go Pebble, and then and then you go Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland. Wow. Yeah. Sick. It's gonna be awesome. I think I'm the most excited for Tory. For uh for the farmers? Not Tory, uh Pebble. Oh, I was like, <laughs> we got that those majors and you're excited about the farmers? <laughs> Not the farmers. <laughs> I was yeah Pebble. Pe- well, the the thing about Pebble, I, I was I wrote this today for a column. Like the US, the USGA is gonna it, it's gonna go badly. I don't know how, uh, but it's it's going to. It's right. like find a course that they couldn't mess up. You pick Pebble, and they'll mess it up. It'll it, something will happen. It always does. It always. But it's 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 still gonna be great. Prime time. It's gonna be yeah, fantastic. Awesome good stuff all right well kyle enjoy your vacation thank you chip appreciate it i'm looking forward to it and uh yeah new new year right around the corner you can follow him on twitter at kyle porter cbs you can follow me at chip underscore patterson kyle thank you very much thanks chip